Okay. So I'm usually I usually appear on Wednesdays, but you know I'm here on Sunday today representing. Whilst when I was given the the, in, the instruction of you know preaching for the word today, I was you know going through the catalog and the long list of of things that the Holy Spirit usually puts in my spirit in my in my mind to research about and to talk about, you know, so I can dwell in that knowledge and identify myself. And the particular message I'm preaching today, I never thought I'll be able to, oh, sorry, not that I'll be able to, that I would preach it for a whole number of reasons. But the more I was like praying and witnessing in myself, the more I realized that it's, it doesn't make sense for the Holy Spirit to tell you to do something and then you research about it and you don't do it and that you keep the information to yourself and, you know, I'm meant to edify the people and the church. So, hence, today, we are talking about, we're actually just talking about sex. I know, weird, crazy, right? We are talking about sex. In the Christian community today, I know, I can see all your faces, all of you are now looking like, oh, I know, it's weird, I know. Well, just bear with me. In the Christian community today, um, these things, by your reaction, I can tell that these things are generally not spoken about, and, and for, the, for the most part, anyway, and I understand why. But for people of our age and our time, these topics are like really important to be able to have the basic fundamental knowledge of these things and understand such. So, sex. The general consensus is that it's a bad thing. But is it? No. Why? Because sex was created by God. So then what's the issue? It now becomes a bad thing when, you know, it gets abused and we abuse it and we use it outside the purpose by which, for which it is created. You know, when we abuse the things from man, there are consequences to that. But when you abuse the things created directly by God, the consequences tend to be generally much larger. So, question, what is sex? I always give a definition usually. Um, sex is basically your gender. You know your forms like that you, you know, fill out and they say sex there and they put M and there are two boxes, M and F, and you take. Yeah, that's basically sex. Okay, that's me for today. So let's share the grace. Share the grace. <laughs> we all know what it is. Okay. We all know what sex is. Right? So me talking about it here today. In a much younger audience, I feel is um, very the word poignant. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but it is. So, what's the issue with sex? Back in the day, right? Sex before marriage, at first, was preached obviously because as a spiritual thing or whatnot. But then it became a very physical thing. The reason why um, it was generally frowned down upon back in the day was because. For the most part, there were um, contraceptives and protection and all that good stuff was non-existent back in the day. And so was the pull-out game. So usually, when sex is done or when sex is had, they, they, like, you get pregnant and stuff like that, so they tell you, okay, don't do this, don't do that, don't have sex, that's fine. You know, to, to keep yourself, quote-unquote, pure and stuff. But with technology, innovation, and all that good stuff. So we, we now have all that stuff to protect ourselves from the diseases and from the unwanted pregnancy now, nowadays. And 
it's like, okay, yeah, come. So now we can live our best lives and, you know, do the thing. But no, because physically, now we've, we seem to have eliminated the, the problems, quote unquote, of, of sex and stuff. So they no longer preach, you know, no sex or abstinence. Nowadays, when you go to sex ed or whatever, they preach safe sex, right? So what is, what is wrong with that? Nothing, in a sense, physically it's wrong. But the, when people, people start making mistakes, usually, one, when, um, mainly because they lack knowledge, one, but two, when they ignore the spirituality of things, the spirituality of life, the spiritual significance of some of these things that happen, and sex is one of them. I remember um, I watched, I was watching TV, and I was watching wrestling, and someone said the devil's greatest trick is in convincing the world that he doesn't exist. And that's, I don't know, I don't know why that stuck to me. It was just so crazy because in life, whether you believe something exists or not, or happens or not, or whatever, it's still there, and the consequences will come at you, regardless of whether you believe in it or not. And uh, these consequences apply to this sex. So my aim today is to just enlighten you on some of the spiritual implications of sex, and why the Bible, God, and me here today, I'm telling you to abstain from such. Okay, so numero uno, number one. Sex is a creative force necessary for procreation. We all know that that was the main reason why sex was created. But what people don't understand is that this creative force is meant for life as well. You see, when you deepen, the, a force powerful enough to create life is a force powerful enough to make things happen in your life. If you channel this force into much more productive parts of your life, your schoolwork, your dreams, your goals, your walk with Christ, all this stuff, you will achieve great things. But if you dissipate this power, this force that is capable of creating things, creating outstanding results, if you dissipate it and channel it into the wrong ways or uses or whatever, then you will lose that creative power in your life and you will feel that sometimes you start becoming a bit stagnant or whatever because you have wasted the, the energy in it. Number two, let's go to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. If anyone actually gets there before me, you're, 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 free, you're free to read. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. I'm there, but does anyone else want to read? No? Anyone? Okay, I'll read it. Um, what? No, I'm reading from the King James Version. What? Knowing you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. For ye are bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, sex, unlike most other sins, is committed with the body and against the body. The body in which the Holy Spirit dwells. Now, we don't, more often than not, people don't fully grasp the severity of subjecting the Holy Spirit to such. I mean, why do that? Why, why desecrate the temple of God? Why 
defile yourselves for you know some carnal pleasure. There is a major contention in the in Christian communities today, or oh, as to whether the Holy Spirit can depart from you or not, because you know Jesus promised a uh, permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, but then in the Old Testament, you know, sometimes the Holy Spirit left Samson, not necessarily him leaving, but like his power left Samson and some of the other people. So there's a major concession whether, you know, the Holy Spirit can depart or not. But what I know is that the Holy Spirit is God, and God is holy. He doesn't like sin, he hates sin. So let's focus on not subjecting the Holy Spirit to such, and not subjecting your body to such, and not, you know, doing such things instead. Because the Holy Spirit, Spirit is a sacred part of who you are, okay? Number three, in the spirit realm, right, your parents are responsible for you. Your parents, in a sense, own you. More so the father, because he's the head of the, of the family, right? Okay. So, you know in marriage, usually before you guys get married, there's this whole process of going up to the father, asking for the hand in marriage, and all that good stuff. There is, it's a traditional something that usually happens. I don't know if it happens from where you're from, but it happens where I'm from. It's generally, it it's, has spiritual significance. Why? Because the father in, in the spirit realm is responsible for you. The son, the daughter. So that's why usually before the son gets married, he gets blessing from the father. And before you, you're able to go and marry um, someone else, you have to get blessed from the father to have such. Because the father is responsible for you. The father, the father owns you. When you have sex with someone without having the legal rights to, legal rights in being meeting father and getting married and all good stuff, you have committed a crime. You have taken something slash someone that doesn't belong to you, right? And what is the general term for, you know, taking something or someone that doesn't belong to you? Stealing. Thank you. You know, you're not a thief because, you know, but you have stolen something. And, you know, there are consequences, significance in stealing and the act of stealing. Every action has a consequence, you understand? So, you've taken something that doesn't belong to you. You've committed a crime in the spirit realm. And I'm just, I'm sharing these things to you so that you guys become woke, but more aware in the spiritual sense of things. Number four, Mark 10, verse 8. Okay. Am I rushing? Am I going too fast? Do you guys understand? Okay, good. It's gone? Okay. Mark 10, verse 8. Anyone want to read? No one? You want to read? Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Mark 10, verse 8, a New King James Version. Mm -hmm. And the two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Thank you. Generally, um, in marriage, like, you know, to become one and stuff like that because you guys are now joined in God's eyes because, you know, you all have become family, marriage, legal, all that good stuff. But also has significance when it comes to sex because you are literally two becoming one, right? Now, the problem is if you have sex with just about anybody, 
you don't know who you're becoming one with. In this world, the same way God and uh, his angels need a body, physical body to be able to operate on him on here on earth, it's the same way that the devil and his demons or whatever need the body to operate here on earth. Um, 1 Corinthians 5, 6, 1 Corinthians 6, 15 to 16, right? 1 Corinthians 6, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that which is, know ye not that which, that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, for two, saith he, shall, shall become one. What is that why you have sex with? You become one with. If you're just going around doing this thing with people that you don't know, you haven't met. That's generally before you get married. You guys will court. You guys will date. You guys will pray, fast, do all the necessary things. Go through your um, history in terms of like um, health issues, whatever, blah, 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 blah. All that good stuff. You guys will do all that. Then get the blessing. Then get married under the sanctity of God and then everything is fine and blessed, right? But then now when you just go around doing it with anybody whom you don't know, right? Certain, certain things are, what's it called, transferred as a result. Why? Because you, there are this, um, there's a point of contact that's been made between you and somebody. Hence, you, you, you two becoming one, right? So someone can use that person to be able to contact you and the devil and the enemy can take advantage of such and you know you could be in deep trouble imagine someone that has a okay an issue of i don't know maybe the person is anger like angry a lot right this so this person has is notorious for his anger issues and whatever and then you join bodies with this person and then all of a sudden, you don't you don't understand how or why you you all of a sudden get angry or start getting this or that or from someone or someone. It's because you have contracted something from someone through the act of sex. These um, issues tend to become worse later, and I'm trying to open up your mind to these things now, so that we have an understanding, so so that we're able to dwell. And the knowledge of these things. Number five, relationships. Right? I don't know how many of you guys here have been in a relationship before. But breakups tend to be harder in relationships when sex is involved. They tend to be harder. Why? Because there's a level of connection that the both of you have made intimately. It's the biggest, like, the biggest form of intimacy that you can be with someone, right? Y'all exchange, like, sex is an actual exchange of body fluids. So, he has a piece of you, and you have a piece of him, and you both are going your separate ways. So basically, a piece of you is leaving, and you've taken a piece of him with him too. That's why generally breakups are hard, that there's so much pain and so much hurt. Why? Because a literal piece of you has, has been taken away, you understand? Avoid Intense heartbreak, intense trauma. I'm trying to protect you guys here. Avoid intense heartbreak, trauma, all that good stuff. And, you know, leave, leave the sex where the sex should be left in marriage. 
Six, there is a level of vulnerability, right, in your nakedness that should not be given to anyone but, ideally, anyone but your, your partner. It's like, it's your purest form, it's your most vulnerable state. Genesis 3, 7 to 10. Anyone wants to read? Genesis 3, 7-10. And the eyes, so this is Adam and Eve. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cold of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard that voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Right? So there is Adam and Eve had eaten the fruit and had become aware of their nakedness and they decided to hide themselves from God. But you don't need to hide yourself from God, right? Because He's your creator, He's the one that made you and all that good stuff. You're not meant to hide yourselves from your master. So he they realized that they were naked and they hid themselves. Because your nakedness is in a sense, it's meant to be sacred. It's meant to only be shared with your partner because the level of vulnerability you show in that in that state, there's nothing to hide, right? You're not hiding any, like anything from anyone because that is your biggest thing. And that level of vulnerability, if given to the wrong person, can be taken advantage of and being used against you in the worst possible ways. So the sanctity and the sacredness of your nakedness should be kept between you and God first and then when you become off when time has reached for you to get married then your partner don't give that vulnerability away and the final point i have here is that sexual immorality erodes your spiritual force it weakens your fire your spiritual capacity to a sense it brings you that generally all sin tends to like weaken us in terms of spiritually but sex, sexual immorality tends to like really weaken yourself um, spiritually. You become less enthused the more you have it. You, you feel more guilty, and then you now separate yourselves further from God when you're meant to, you know, get closer to God and all that good stuff. So you tend to, you know, become your spiritual capacity, your spiritual fire, your spiritual life tends to diminish. Don't diminish that. And, you know, I've been talking about sex and stuff, but people are funny. Because there's so many definitions of sex, there's so many types of sex, and all that good stuff. So people, you know, say, oh, okay, as long as, you know, you don't go in, you're fine, all that stuff. No, no, you're, you're not fine. You're not smart. You're not sly. You don't have more sense than God. Let's go to Ezekiel 23, verse 3. Anyone wants to read? Shani wants to read. 23 verse 3. Um, the New King James Version reads, um, They committed harlotry in Egypt. They committed harlotry in their youth. Their breasts were... Their breasts were there embraced, their virgin bosom was there pressed. 
first time I read that, I was kind of like, <laughs> that's crazy. The fact that that's in the Bible, that's crazy. In the King James Version, it says, And they committed whoredoms in Egypt, and they committed whoredoms in their youth, and their breast pressed, and, uh, and they bruised the teeth of their virginity. When you read other versions, it gets worse and worse, and to me, funnier and funnier. And I don't know why. But the main point of this is that word whoredoms. When you translate it in different translations, like it's um, prostitution and good stuff. But the word exactly whoredoms, when you Google it, because, you know, research, it generally it means prostitution or any, any, what's it called, other form of sexual immorality. That includes all the good stuff you do before, maybe even all the good stuff you do afterwards. Any form of sexual immorality, be even still self, self, um, self-sex and all that good stuff. It's sexual immorality. You are not being clever or sly or smart by saying, oh, as long as it doesn't, as long as you guys, you know, don't actually become one in a sense that you're fine. No, you're not fine. Any form of sexual immorality is a sin. It's well documented here in the Bible. I've shown you a lot of verses, but the, the one that stands out, or the one verse that stands out to me in terms of, you know, sexual immorality and that perfectly encapsulates it, is first corinthians back again six verse let's start from verse 18. anyone wants to read no okay flee fornication every sin that a man doeth is without the body but he that committed fornicate fornication sinneth against his own body the bible says flee run lay boost room like become the flash sprint on your marks, get set, go. Because this kind of thing, this particular thing in general, is not something that should even be like, you know, oh, you know, let's contest. No, no, no don't even, don't even give yourself the opportunity to give yourself the opportunity to give yourself the opportunity to be tempted. Run, run far, 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 far away. I was talking um, about this now, and like, generally, at, at least back in the day, people's. Um, because of how, how much um, sex before marriage and like that, they condemned, you know, having sex before marriage um, happen. People generally tend to tie their purity and their virginity. And in some sense, yes, there is, there is a certain purity that comes with virginity. But you, now, us in Jesus, our holiness, our purity comes from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who died for our sins. So if this has happened already to you, you you are you are not what's it called you're not the bottom of the barrel you are not the um, worst of the worst no this is an opportunity for you now you have the knowledge you have the information you grow you learn um the best particular way in terms of let's say it's become a habit and you can't stop pray and fasting right so pray when you fast you bring the flesh down to zero right you humble it and then with prayer and with your reading the bible and with your growing you feed your spirit, you enlighten your spirit, you elevate your spirit, you keep the fire burning, and your flesh will succumb to you. And your flesh, you'll be able to control and tell your flesh what to do. So all it takes is constant practice, like constant growing and stuff like that. Trust me, Jesus is here for each and every one of us. Uh, delayed gratification is something that in our generation probably needs to be talked about more. Because sex, um, even the lavish lifestyle, all this stuff, we tend to crave and chase 
all that good stuff now when it's not for example um in this our day and age we are all about the the flashiness the poses the the newest this the newest that the blah 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 some some of us to get money and go and blast it on this and that and all that good stuff instead of you know saving and thinking about like and you know planning for the future and all that good stuff we need to learn to imbibe the lake of gratification the teachers um the teachers what's called safe sex nowadays because they feel like when we're in our youth our hormones makes us like kind of uncontrollable monsters and we need to like you know get it out of our system and something no you have jesus you have the holy spirit you have control over your body serve the lord now in the days of your youth um let's let's go there let's go exercises 2 12 verse 1. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 1. Remember now thy creator on the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, not in years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Serve the Lord in your youth. You don't, um, these carnal things that feel good, they only feel good for a while and they end up having an immense detrimental effect on your spirit and on your, you know, spiritual work. Serve the Lord now. Focus your energy and your passion on the things of God and on, you know, doing well in this life for us. We still have the time. And, you know, try and keep this kind of things aside. You know, I'm not trying to stop you from enjoying your life. In fact, I'm trying to make sure that you do enjoy your life. But, you know, the right way, the godly way. Let's see. Let's pray. Because that's what me done. So, let's pray. we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, that these words might enlighten us, might empower us, might inspire us to live our lives the best way we can, the godly way, your way. But I pray, Lord, that these things that we've learned, we take them forward and we use it to live life in the best way we possibly can. In Jesus' name.